Chapter 9 of The Life of Thomas, Lord Cochrane, 10th Earl of Dundonald, Volume 1, by Henry Richard Fox Bourne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Timothy Ferguson. 1822 to 1823. Lord Cochrane returned to Valparaiso on the 3rd of June, 1822, having been absent more than twenty months. An enthusiastic welcome awaited him, medals were struck in his honour, and in various ephemeral ways the public gratitude was expressed. It was, however, only ephemeral. There was no substantial recognition of his great services. His men were left unpaid, and he himself was subject to further indignities of the sort already described. It is not necessary here to give any detailed account of them, or to enter into a particular rehearsal of his efforts during the next six months to continue his beneficial services to Chile. He had done the great service for which he had been invited to South America. In the course of about three years he had scoured the Pacific of the Spanish ships, which had offered an obstacle too serious for the patriots to overcome by any force or wisdom of their own. He had made it possible for them to assert their independence from a foreign yoke, and if their patriotism had been genuine enough, to work out internal reforms by which the sometime colonies of Spain in South America might have been able to vie in greatness with the sometime colonies of England in the northern continent. The benefits which he conferred especially upon Chile were shared by all the liberated communities along the whole Pacific coastline up to Mexico, but all were alike ungrateful except in fitful words and in sentiments that prompted to no action. Shortly after his return to Chile, Lord Cochrane went to live upon the estates that had been conferred upon him. Soon, however, he was forced to go back to Valparaiso, there to look after the interests of the officers and crews who had served him and Chile during the previous fighting time. His earnest arguments on their behalf were not heeded. The poor fellows were left to starve, and be perished by the cold of a South American winter, against which the pitiful rags in which they were clothed afforded no protection. And before long fresh incidents arose which made it impossible for him to persevere in fighting their battle. General San Martin, having run his course of petty tyranny in Peru, was soon forced to resign his protectorate and seek safety in Chile, he reached Valparaiso on the 12th of October, and then Lord Cochrane, who had long before seen good reason for suspecting it, was convinced that Zenteno and many other influential men in Chile were in league with him. He claimed that San Martin should have been tried by court-martial for his treason, known to all the world. Instead of that, San Martin was loaded with honours, and fresh indignities were heaped upon his chief accuser. This monstrous action of the ministers led to a revolution which, if Lord Cochrane had stayed to the end, might have proved much to his advantage, but the revolution headed by General Friere, an honest man, had for its object the overthrow of O'Higgins, also an honest man, though too weak to withstand the influences brought to bear upon him by the bad men by whom he was surrounded. Lord Cochrane refused Friere's offers to join in opposition to O'Higgins, always as far as his small powers permitted his good friend. He preferred to abandon Chile, or rather allow it to abandon one who had done for it so much and had received so little in return. The difficulties, he said in a dignified letter, addressed to General O'Higgins, still nominally the Supreme Director, in which he virtually resigned his appointment as Vice-Admiral of the Republic, the difficulties which I have experienced in accomplishing the naval enterprises successfully achieved during the period of my command as Admiral of Chile have not been mastered without responsibility, such as I would scarcely again undertake, not because I would hesitate to make any personal sacrifice in a cause of so much interest, but because even those favourable results 
have led to the total alienation of the sympathies of the meritorious officers whose cooperation was indispensable in consequence of the conduct of the government that which has made most impression on their minds has been not the privations they have suffered nor the withholding of their pay and other dues but the absence of any public acknowledgment by the government of the honours and distinctions promised for their fidelity and constancy to chile especially at a time when no temptation was withheld that could induce them to abandon the cause of chile for the service of the protector of peru ever since that time though there was no want of means or knowledge of facts on the part of the chilean government it has submitted itself to the influence of the agents of an individual whose power having ceased in peru has been again resumed in chile the effect of this on me is so keen that i cannot trust myself in words to express my personal feelings whatever i have recommended or asked for the good of the naval service has been scouted or denied though acquiescence would have placed chile in the first rank of maritime states in this quarter of the globe my requisitions and suggestions were founded on the practice of the first naval service in the world that of england they have however met with no consideration as though their object had been directed to my own personal benefit until now i have never eaten the bread of idleness i cannot reconcile to my mind a state of inactivity which might even now impose upon the chilean republic an annual pension for past services especially as an admiral of peru is actually in command of a portion of the chilean squadron whilst other vessels are sent to sea without the orders under which they act being communicated to me and are dispatched through the instrumentality of the governor of valparaiso open bracket zanito close bracket i mention these circumstances incidentally as having confirmed me in the resolution to withdraw myself from chile for a time asking nothing for myself during my absence whilst as regards the sums owing to me i forbear to press for their payment till the government shall be more freed from its difficulties i have complied with all that my public duty demanded and if i have not been able to accomplish more the deficiency has arisen from circumstances beyond my control at any rate having the world still before me i hope to prove that it is not owing to me i have received proposals from mexico from brazil and from a european state but have not as yet accepted any of those offers nevertheless the habits of my life do not permit me to refuse my services to those labouring under oppression as chile was before the annihilation of the spanish force in the pacific in this i am prepared to justify whatever course i may pursue in thus taking leave of chile i do so with sentiments of deep regret that i have not suffered to be more useful to the cause of liberty and that i am compelled to separate myself from individuals with whom i had hoped to live for a long period without violating such sentiments of honour as were they broken would render me odious to myself and despicable in their eyes readers note letter ends that letter sufficiently explains the reasons which induced lord cochrane to resign his chilean command he had as he said received invitations to enter the service of brazil of mexico and of greece the mexican offer he declined at once as acceptance of it would involve little of the active work in fighting which if for a good cause was always attractive to him assistance of the greeks who a year and a half before had begun to throw off their long servitude to turkey and who were now fighting desperately for their freedom was an enterprise on which he would have gladly embarked but the invitation from brazil was more pressing and he therefore conditionally accepted it the war in the pacific he said on the twenty eighth of november in answer to two letters written on behalf of the newly elected emperor of brazil having been happily terminated by the total destruction of the spanish naval force i am of course free for the crusade of liberty in any other quarter of the globe 
I confess, however, that I have not hitherto directed my attention to the Brazils, considering that the struggle for the liberties of Greece, the most oppressed of modern states, afforded the fairest opportunity for enterprise and exertion. I have to-day tendered my ultimate resignation to the government of Chile, and am not at this moment aware that any material delay will be necessary, previous to my setting off, by way of Cape Horn, for Rio de Janeiro, it being in the meantime understood that I hold myself free to decline, as well as entitled to accept, the offer which has, through you, been made to me by His Imperial Majesty. I only mention this from a desire to preserve a consistency of character, should the government, which I by no means anticipate, differ so widely in its nature from those which I have been in the habit of supporting, as to render the proposed situation repugnant to my principles, and so justly expose me to suspicion, and render me unworthy the confidence of His Majesty and the nation. Reader's note letter ends. In accordance with the terms of that letter, Lord Cochrane wrote, as we have seen, to the Supreme Director of Chile, not completely resigning his employment, but proposing to absent himself for an indefinite period. His proposal was at once accepted by the Chilean government, to whom his honesty and popularity with the people made him particularly obnoxious. He thereupon made prompt arrangements for his departure. He quitted Valparaiso on the 18th of January, 1823, in a vessel chartered for his own use, and that of several European officers and seamen who, like him, were tired of Chilean ingratitude and who begged to be employed under him wherever he might serve. Of the subsequent occurrences in the Western States, for which he had done so much and tried to do so much more than was permitted, it is enough to say that Peru, sadly abused by San Martin and almost won back to Spain, was rescued by the valour and wisdom of Bolivar, and that Chile, destined to much future trouble through the bad action of its false patriots, was temporarily benefited by the successful revolution which placed General Friere in the supreme directorship. Lord Cochrane had not been absent three months before a new Minister of Marine wrote to inform him of Friere's accession and to solicit his return. From this, however, he excused himself on the grounds that he had now entered into engagements with Brazil, which he was bound to fulfil and that his past treatment by the Chilean government discouraged him from renewal of relations which had been so full of annoyance to him. "'On my quitting Chile,' he said in his reply, "'there was no looking to the past without regret, nor to the future without despair, for I had learned by experience what were the views and motives which guided the counsels of the state. Believe me that nothing but a thorough conviction that it was impracticable to render the good people of Chile any further service under existing circumstances or to live in tranquillity under such a system could have induced me to remove myself from a country which i had vainly hoped would have afforded me that tranquil asylum which after the anxieties i had suffered i felt needful to my repose my inclinations too were decidedly in favour of a residence in chile from a feeling of the congeniality which subsisted between my own habits and the manners and customs of the people those few only excepted who were corrupted by contiguity with the court, or debased in their minds and practices by that species of Spanish colonial education which inculcates duplicity as the chief qualification of statesmen in all their dealings, both with individuals and the public. I now speak more particularly of the persons lately in power, excepting, however, the supreme director, whom I believe to have been the dupe of their deceit point out to me one engagement that has been honourably fulfilled, one military enterprise of which the professed object has not been perverted, or one solemn pledge that has not been forfeited. 
Look at my representations on the necessities in the Navy, and see how they were relieved. Look at my memorial, proposing to establish a nursery for seamen by encouraging the coasting trade, and compare its principles with the Code of Rodriguez, who annihilated both. You will see, in this, as in all other cases, that whatever I recommended in regard to the promotion of the good of the Marine was set at naught, or opposed by measures directly the reverse. Look to the orders which I received, and see whether I had more liberty of action than a schoolboy in the execution of his task. Sir, that which I suffered from anxiety of mind whilst in the Chilean service I will never again endure for any consideration. To organise new crews, to navigate ships destitute of sails, cordage, provisions, and stores, to secure them in port without anchors and cables, except so far as I could supply these essentials by accidental means, were difficulties sufficiently harassing, but to live amongst officers and men discontented and mutinous, on account of arrears of pay and other numerous privations, to be compelled to incur the responsibility of seizing, by force, from Peru, funds for their payment, in order to prevent worse consequences to Chile, and then to be exposed to the reproach of one party for such seizure, and the suspicions of another that the sums were not duly applied, are all circumstances so disagreeable and so disgusting, that until I have certain proof that present ministers are disposed to act in another manner, I cannot possibly consent to renew my services where, under such circumstances, they would be wholly unavailing to the true interests of the people. Reader's note, letter ends. Writing thus to the Minister of Marine, Lord Cochrane wrote also at the same time to General Friere, who, as has been said, asked him to join his revolutionary movement. Quote, it would give me great pleasure, my respected friend, to learn that the change which has been effected in the government of Chile proves alike conducive to your happiness and to the interests of the state. For my own part, like yourself, I have suffered so long and so much that I could not bear the neglect and double-dealing of those in power any longer, but adopted other means of freeing myself from an unpleasant situation. Not being under those imperious obligations which, as a native Chilean, rendered it incumbent on you to rescue your country from the mischiefs with which it was assailed, I could not accept your offer. My heart was with you in the measures you adopted for their removal, and my hand was only restrained by a conviction that my interference as a foreigner in the internal affairs of the state would not only have been improper in itself, but would have tended to shake that confidence in my undeviating rectitude, which it was my ambition that the people of Chile should ever justly entertain. Permit me to add my opinion that whoever may possess the supreme authority in Chile, until after the present generation, educated as it has been under the Spanish colonial yoke, shall have passed away, will have to contend with so much error and so many prejudices as to be disappointed in his utmost endeavours to pursue steadily the course best calculated to promote the freedom and happiness of the people. I admire the middle and lower classes of Chile, but I have ever found the Senate, the ministers, and the convention actuated by the narrowest policy, which led them to adopt the worst measures. It is my earnest wish that you may find better men to cooperate with you. If so, you may be fortunate, and may succeed in what you have most at heart, the promotion of your country's good. Reader's note, letter ends. For the real welfare of Chile, Lord Cochrane was always eager. But in the treatment which he himself had experienced, he had strong proof, both during his four years' active service under the Republic and in all after-times, of the difficulties in the way of its advancement. Not only was he subjected to the contumely and neglect of which he complained in the letters just quoted from, 
he was also mulcted to a very large extent in the scanty recompense for his services to which he was legally entitled and indirectly injured to a yet larger extent i was compelled to quit chile he wrote at a later date without any of the emoluments due to my position as commander-in-chief of the navy or any share of the sums belonging to myself and the officers and seamen which sums on the faith of repayment had at my solicitation been appropriated to the repairs and maintenance of the squadron generally but more especially at guayaquil and acapulco when in pursuit of the pruba and the venganza neither was any compensation made for the value of stores captured and collected by the squadron whereby its efficiency was chiefly maintained during the whole period of the peruvian blockade the supreme director of chile recognising the justice of payment being made by the peruvians for at least the value of the esmeralda the capture of which inflicted the death-blow on spanish power sent me a bill on the peruvian government for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars which was dishonoured and has never since been paid by any succeeding government even the forty thousand dollars stipulated by the authorities at guayaquil as the penalty for giving up the venganza was never liquidated no compensation for the severe wounds received during the capture of the esmeralda was either offered or received shortly after my departure for brazil the government forcibly and indefensibly resumed the estate at leo clara which had been awarded to me and my family in perpetuity as a remuneration for the capture of valdivia and my bailiff who had been left upon it for its management and direction was summarily ejected unhappily this ingratitude for services rendered was the least misfortune which my devotedness to chile brought upon me on my return to england in eighteen twenty five after the termination of my services in brazil i found myself involved in litigation on account of the seizure of neutral vessels by authority of the then unacknowledged government of chile these litigations cost me directly upwards of fourteen thousand pounds and indirectly more than double that amount thus in place of receiving anything for my efforts in the cause of chilean and peruvian independence i was the loser of upwards of twenty five thousand pounds this being more than double the whole amount i had received as pay whilst in command of the chilean squadron readers note letter ends end of chapter nine recording by timothy ferguson gold coast australia